Well, if the Preds need a jumpstart the second half of the season, look no further than Saturday afternoon's game against the Philadelphia Flyers to do just that. A preview of that game coming up and takes from a hat. Some hot topics Anna and I are going to answer today on the Lockdown Predators podcast. Your Lockdown Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast that's available to you wherever you get your podcast. And of course, you can watch us on YouTube as well. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com. And I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at InsideThePreds.com. We also have a financial partner in crime. Uh, our episode today is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Uh, perfect time to have a FanDuel sponsorship in because uh, I have a feeling a lot of people are going to access that app on Sunday. Super Bowl weekend. Yeah. It's cheese ball time for you. This is this is when I really shine. Look, people, I can make amazing cookies, but I also have this cheese ball recipe from the same old lady Swedish cookbook that Miss Audrey's mashed potatoes came from. And this cheese ball slaps. And what is so cool about it is it tastes great, but I also for make it into a shape of something. What's it going to be this year, friends? I don't know yet, but it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Uh, quick two second response. What's your prediction for Super Bowl? Eagles. Eagles? Oh, I, I think Chiefs. I know. I know. And yeah. I won't be surprised. Yeah. That's the pick of my heart. I will not be surprised if the Chiefs do it with Travis Kelsey and with Patrick Mahomes. Anything is possible. Literally, human flight is possible with them. But I'm going yeah. Eagles. I'm we'll a Pennsylvania cool. girl. Uh, we'll have to circle back. Uh, there might be some Super Bowl-related uh, Predators questions. In our takes from a hat, uh, we got a lot of hot topics, including some on the Predators playoff run, uh, a couple of breakdowns on players. We'll get to that in a second, but first we have to eat our entree before we get to our dessert. And that is the Nashville Predators schedule this weekend. One game uh, tomorrow afternoon against the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, A very, very weird team. Uh, not even, not even like you wouldn't say they're one of like the worst teams or one of the best teams. You would just say they may be the weirdest team mm. in the NHL this season. Uh, one second, they look like they might be in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. The next minute they're on uh, a hot streak. Yeah. Uh, basically, uh, uh, John Tortorella throwing, uh, what's his face, Tony D'Angelo under the bus. You have him basically kind of undermine the GM and say, all right, we, this roster sucks. Like putting out <laughs> statements. I don't know what's going on in Philly right now, but it's, it's entertaining. It's entertaining. The Real Housewives is entertaining. It's entertaining 
because there's enough distance. But here's what's real about the Philadelphia Flyers. If the Nashville Predators stood and looked in a magic mirror, it could very well be the Philadelphia Flyers staring back at them. They're having kind of the same thing that we're having in Nashville where it's like one minute we're like, okay, one, three games before the all-star break against playoff caliber teams. Oh, it's on in Nashville. And then the next minute, you know, they come out and lose 5-1 to Vegas in just alarming fashion where you're thinking to yourself, you know, is, is this a high school hockey team that accidentally slipped into the locker room? Like the flyers are kind of in that same muddied space that the predators are. And I just like, it makes this game very tricky to predict because who knows which team from which city is going to show up on Saturday afternoon. (laughs) Yeah. You go, it's funny. You go through the similarities and there's a lot of similarities between yeah. the Preds and Flyers. Uh, the only difference is that the Preds have UC Soros, Huge. who is willing them to games. And the Flyers don't really have a UC Soros. I will say Carter Hart, mm-hmm. uh, who two years ago had one of the worst historically bad um, seasons by a like a regular starting goaltender. Mm-hmm. Uh, like eight seven seven save percentage, and everybody's like, "Oh yeah, he's he's bad." Uh, over the past two seasons, he's slowly kind of gone back up to like the pre-pandemic Carter right. Hart, the one that everybody thought you know was going to be one of the the top goalies in the NHL for a long time. Uh, decent season, nine thirteen save percentage. Doesn't have a lot of help in, in front of him right now, unfortunately, but a little bit better there. Uh, but goaltending to me, and it was the key the first time these teams met back in October. It's going to be the key to this one, I feel, too. Yeah, that and I think Nashville has got to get to they've got to get to their offensive production really quick. And not just because they didn't get to it until the third period against Vegas in their last game. But I think against Philadelphia, you want to you want to kind of shake things up really quick. So Nashville needs to get on the board first and then continue offensive production. So for me, I think a key is you've got to get players like Forsberg, Duchesne, Cody Glass, that line together, get some shots on goal. The other thing is what I want to see are some of these quieter guys getting some offensive production. You know who I miss scoring goals is Nino Niederreiter. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I would love to see Nino Niederreiter, Johansson, Mikhail Granlund. Let's get that line going. And, and get some offensive production up and down the lineup. And I think that that's going to help Nashville tremendously. Um, but again, you look at these two teams, you know, you look at things like their power play percentage, penalty kill, you know, uh, goals for per game, goals against per game. I mean, you're looking at teams that are very, very similar. So, you know, Matt Duchesne said after the Vegas game, a lot of times it's the team that comes out, you know, in they are the sharpest right away that can pull off the win. That's what Nashville needs to be. So I think a quick start, a good start, an aggressive start for Nashville could be a difference maker in this game. Yeah, Nina Niederreiter, January 12th. Uh, his last goal, which also happened to be his last point. I miss uh, Nino. So he is, he is uh, struggling uh, for yeah. offense this year, which uh, I think complicates the Predators' problems because, hey, why did they give him uh, a big $4 million contract? Right. Depth scoring. Depth scoring, yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Flyers, though, and I mean, 
I'm sure you saw the uh, the comments on John John Tortorella basically throwing Tony D'Angelo under the bus, uh, basically saying, uh, "Yeah, um, he kind of sucks more than we thought he sucks." <laughs> and then you saw last week John Tortorella. It's interesting. John Tortorella, not the front office, not the team. Right. put out one of those big uh, long statements about it's like hey we're not where we need to be we're going to need some patience this is going to be a long thing basically trying to prepare everybody for a uh, a rebuild mm-hmm. oh what do you what do you make of those two comments because it seems like that's very much a tortorella not happy with the gm's roster kind of situation yeah. It reminds me of the movie A Few Good Men where the two Marines that committed the the code red are like, you don't break the code. And I feel like John Tortorella just disobeyed orders and committed a code red by doing that. It just, and yet- But it's he's very right. Un, it's, it, I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm saying, but we just, like to quote the Southern Baptist women, we just don't do it that way. So I think it's very shocking, but I also think, look, a little truth, well, it probably hurt some people, but a little bit of truth, like there it is. I don't, you know, I am fascinated from a distance by John Tortorella, but, you know, from a distance, that's the key phrase in there. Like, I'm not sure I would want him to coach the Nashville Predators and have to talk with him. Bold move. And, you know, there is something to be said on the one hand for just laying it out there and saying, look, you know what, this is a little bit of a disappointment and here's what's real about this team. But I would agree with you it coming from the coach. Like we just don't do it like that, John Tortorella. And I'm not saying he's wrong and I'm not saying maybe we shouldn't do it like that, but it's, it's a little bit shocking. (laughs) Yeah. It's good. It's definitely a situation where it feels like Chuck Fletcher is uh, his time is limited and maybe like John Tortorella is lobbying towards uh, like, Mm. give me more power. Let me choose a GM, that kind of thing. Like you see in football sometimes where it's like the coach is kind of the guy that um, yields most of the power. Uh, It's fun. It's fun from an entertainment standpoint. From a distance. Uh, you know what else is fun, Anne? What's that? The Super Bowl. Come and on. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Really excited to have our new betting partner for Locked On on board because they're the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, even better, got a great deal for you. You can download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet and you'll get up to three thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win how fantastic is that FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to the point spreads who will score a touchdown how many passing yards Patrick Mahomes have will Jalen Hurts uh, get a rushing touchdown that vaunted Eagles defensive line how many sacks will they have all things that you can bet on FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, super easy to use, and best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at fanduel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. Get fanduel.com slash locked on 
to get started. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL, and now the betting partner of Locked on Predators. All right, Ann. Takes from a hat. Come on. If you guys uh, have listened to the Locked on Predators podcast before, you know how this works. Ann and I will just have a variety of quick topics that we have in the hat here. Almost like uh, scenes from a hat from Whose Line Is It Anyway, if you ever watched that back in the day. Uh, We will be taking uh, topics at random and quizzing each other on them. Or uh, maybe not quizzing, grilling, discussing, jump-starting. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you guys know how it works. Uh, Anne. Yeah. Anne, uh, start us off. What you got? All right. I'm reaching into my Predator's hat. Oh, hey, this is a good one here. Oh, good luck. Okay, so a lot of mine, full disclosure, Super Bowl themed. Some of them aren't, but a lot of them are. Patrick Mahomes was just named the NFL's MVP. Which Nashville Predators player, under different circumstances, for example, on a different team, if Connor McDavid fell over and couldn't compete, has actual league MVP potential? On a difference, ooh, I'm torn between two. Okay. In a difference, let's start on a different team under mm-hmm. a different circumstance. Um, Roman Yossi is a game-changing type player. Like he, yeah. I think, still to this day, uh, is a player that I don't think people truly appreciate how good he is because mm-hmm. of the market he plays in. Uh, yeah. You know, you saw what he did last year. He's like the centerpiece of an offense. I mean, almost got 100 points last year. Uh, you know, defensively, maybe a little bit of a fall off uh, this year since he's kind of taken on this different role under John Hines. But, hey, as we saw in his Norris Trophy winning season back in 2020, he was one of the best defenders in the NHL. And he can still be that. He's just kind of a a jack of all trades that you don't see a lot from NHL defensemen. And if he was like the centerpiece uh, of, let's say, the Toronto Maple Leafs or New York Rangers instead of Adam Fox, like that, like the kind of role he plays for the Nashville Predators on a team with more prolific scores Mm -hmm. and, you know, like maybe a better, um, you know, a better stay at home defensive pairing or better team defense, I think he's an, I think he's legitimately somebody who would be looked on as one of the best players in the league, not just one of the best defensemen, one of the best players in the league. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. And it, I agree with you. I think Roman Yossi is so underappreciated across the league, across the league. You know, you listen to other broadcasts and of course they mention him, but I don't think people fully understand how crucial he is in Nashville and what he could bring in a different scenario. I agree with you. And I think a lot of it is market, which sucks. Yeah. The, uh, the other one I was going with would be UC Soros for Mm -hmm. obvious reasons, but I think if the predators were, had a better record, uh, Mm -hmm. he's an MVP candidate for sure. I think in the like betting odds right now, he's 17th in heart trophy. Uh We just did a, we just did a power rankings where I put him fifth where I've been yeah. in top five yeah. um, just because that's the only thing keeping the Predators afloat right now is, yeah. is UC Saros. Yep. All right. Let's see what we got for you, Ann. All right. All right. 
there are some football ones, but this is mostly hockey. I'm here for that. Name one team you absolutely do not, under any circumstances, want to see in the first round of the playoffs if you're the Nashville Predators. Wow. Great question. One team I do not want to see. We touched on this a little bit. We did. Uh, we last did. Week. Um, you know what is so funny? And and I almost want to see Colorado just for the vindication. I want to see it. I will say the team that I would least probably want to see in the first round would be the Dallas Stars. Um, for a couple reasons. Number one, I I just think that they are. I think they're going to hit where they need to hit when it comes playoff time. I think that they're a really complete team. And also, I just hate them. Like, I'm still so <laughs> mad. I'm still so mad that, A, they cut checks to Corey Perry yeah. and that we lost to them in the Winter Classic. But I do think that the Dallas Stars, especially when you're looking at, like, the Central Division, I think the Dallas Stars are going to be the tough team to beat. Like, I, I, we've seen the Predators beat Winnipeg. Minnesota, I don't really even know what's happening in Minnesota. I don't think Minnesota knows what's happening in no. Minnesota right now. You know, so not worried about them. Even the Avalanche, um, I, you know what? I'm, I'm, I would not feel totally uh, intimidated against yeah. the avalanche this season but Dallas, they are starting to heat up again i will say that i will say that about colorado they are and and as they get you know people back and and they get you know those you know injured people are coming back and getting more confident you know i think they're going to trend in the right direction come playoff time but even so for me dallas is the team i would least like to see i feel like that would be the team that would be hardest to get out of the first round against yeah uh, you know, if, if it's a situation where the Predators wind up in one of the wild card spots, mm -hmm. uh, would not want to go in the central division bracket and play Edmonton if they oh, go to the one. Yeah. Not, because not only, you know, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, not only do those two guys have the Preds number, yes. uh, but top to bottom, that's exactly the type of team. The fast mm -hmm. speed, a lot of finesse that the Preds absolutely do not match up well against. Yeah, uh, I would, I would like to avoid that with a play because I have to be honest. I think that's another four game sweep. Oh, uh, it, it would unless, have the unless Houston Stars steals one. I think that's another four yeah. game sweep. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, the other team I would not want to see just because I couldn't take the I couldn't take the social media is please don't make us play the Seattle Kraken. No. <laughs> I don't want to hear Ellie Tolvanen versus the Nashville Predators. Oh, yeah. Uh, no I thought more. you were talking about like Seattle's first ever win or anything like that. Oh, yeah. no, no. We already did that for them. You're welcome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, All right. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I will stay off social media that week. Yeah, no. All right. Let's... So it's me for you. Let's see here. All right. What do we got? What do we Oh, got? okay. This is way out. This I just went wild on this one, but let's just hit this. Okay. So. If you got your hands on a vial of truth serum and could use the single dose on one Nashville Predators player, coach, or staff person and ask them only one question, you get one question before it wears off, who would you use it on? And what is your one question you would ask them? Oh. Okay. I think I know. Okay. 
I think it would be the, I mean, there's a bunch of questions you can ask John Hines about some of the roster decisions. That's number one. <laughs> but I think I kind of know what he's, what at least in his mind he's going for. Uh-huh. Here's the question I would ask David Poyle. Come on. And I would say, do you really believe the core of this team is a Stanley Cup contender? Or are you getting a mandate from somebody higher up than you in those in those ownership meetings that are basically telling you, you can't tear this down. You can't rebuild. You got to try to go for it. Mm. That would be a juicy conversation because I oh. feel like the answer to that maybe would change the perspective on David Poyle. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like he is being tasked like, and then th- there's kind of been whispers of that from around the league, both, you know, writers here and, you know, guys like Elliot Friedman abroad, where it's basically kind of hinting uh, mm-hmm. that the Preds ownership is, you know, not interested in a long-term rebuild that kind of the mandate is, you know, try to keep this competitive for as long as you possibly can. Like that's going to be right. your role. Um that's I'm interested if there's any truth to that. And if there is, what does Poyle really think of this team? Like, would he have maybe pulled the trigger on some more long-term moves? I mean, he's done a couple, yeah, uh, like giving away Victor Arvidsson, you know, um, you know, Ryan Ellis for Cody Glass, which looks like, hey, that may be a, a trade win for Nashville, depending on Cody Glass's development over the next few years. But mm-hmm. I would be very curious to dive into that a little bit more. That that would be juicy. Yeah. Like I I I would it I would think be a lot juicy. of people. That would that would be juicy. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right, we probably have more questions. So, we do. you know. Okay. Let's see here, Ann. Let me get a good one for you. Okay. Oh, okay. Which predator would star in the best Super Bowl commercial? Oh, what a great question. Which predator? I know the obvious answer, but I'm going to give this, I'm going to give this just another second of thought because I don't want to miss anything. Okay. Um, I feel like I know your obvious answer too. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm actually, <laughs> okay. The obvious answer, Ryan Johansson. Oh, that wasn't going to be what I thought you were Really? Oh, for me, Ryan Johansson. Ryan Johansson strikes me as somebody that could sell, you know, snake oil. Like, I mean, just he is, he is charismatic. He is engaging. Um, And, and I just, I just, I think, I think he, I think that that is a man who could sell a product. Who is your obvious answer? I was going to say Philip Forsberg. Oh, it would depend on the product. But yeah, I could see like, that. Like mustache cream? Oh, done yeah. and done. How he does not have a deal is shocking to me. He's going to have like, or like any like kind of like brawny type product. Mm. Like maybe he's a lumberjack in a paper towels <laughs> or like, or like, or like scented soap for men. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know the, my other answer and, and again, so much depends on the product, but like if you're looking for somebody to like replace Sarah McLaughlin in the ASPCA commercials, Cody Glass. Jesus Christ, what? <laughs> like is I'm he, saying, if he you're singing? like, 
No, he doesn't have to even sing. But I'm just thinking if you're looking for somebody just with earnestness who is who is looking to like move your heart, Cody Glass is your person. If you're looking for engaging and entertaining, 100% think it's Ryan Johansson. Yeah. Okay. Is he I, – I need to circle back on this Cody Glass thing. <laughs> Is, does he just come across as sad all the time? No, not sad at all. I just think he's very earnest. That's what I mean by that. Like, he's just earnest. You know what I'm saying? Like, like if Cody Glass, that this is just my read on it and, you know, take it for what it's worth. But I feel like, first of all, Cody Glass, and I think a lot of the Predators would champion animals because, you know, we've got animal lovers on this team, which yeah, is they're amazing. Adorable. Yes. They're adorable. Um but I just think Cody Glass is just very earnest. Like if he really feels strongly about helping dogs that are chained outside in the wintertime, you're going to want to go out and help the dogs that are chained outside in the wintertime. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Is it me? <laughs> it is you. Yes. <laughs> you're like, please move on. I'm disturbed. Okay. What's this one? Oh, okay. Here we go. The cost of a Super Bowl ad, a little bit of trivia, has increased 204% in the last 20 years. A huge increase. Speaking of increases, which Predators player would you say is worth a big increase when it comes to their salary? Ooh. So, like, this is, like, maybe a player who is being underpaid right underpaid. now. Yeah, underpaid right now. I feel like there's an obvious answer here, and that's Alexander Carrier, right? Okay. Yeah. Like, like if you yeah. go through, I mean, he's making less than Kevin Gravel this year, if that <laughs> tells you anything. I mean, yeah. he is on, like, the bare minimum of what an NHL salary is, and yet he has been one of the Predators' most important players, not just for this year, but for the past three seasons now. Yes. Remember, when he came up, during that that weird COVID late start year and everybody thought, oh, this guy is just a villain. He was one of the Preds' best defenders then after yes. he made his call up. Like he fit right into the lineup, wound up winning his spot last year during the, his first full season. And everybody is like, is the dam going to break? Is this just a feel good story? But it seems like he's grown. Like, it seems like he keeps kind of growing his all-around game. And his offensive numbers this year, not quite where they were last year. Uh, but defensively, you know, oh, many more high IQ plays this year. He's got good For chemistry sure. with T.S. Ekholm. This is a guy, you watch his game and you kind of watch his history. I mean, he's worth like four and a half million. Like, there's a team that would definitely pay – you know, that kind of money for him, maybe even more than that. And this is a guy making league minimum. And yeah, yesterday when we had our whole uh, salary cap discussion, uh, Alexander Gary was one of the people we had in mind because the Predators are going to have to give him a big raise. They are. Yeah, I would agree with you. And I think his value as a player individually, huge. I agree with you. I'm thinking, you know, you're talking that kind of money. But then what he and Matthias Ekholm bring together as a defensive pairing, I mean... You can go out and pay that same amount of money to another defenseman and bring him in with Ekholm, but I don't know if you're going to get the, the magic that they have. They are a top 
pair. They they really are a fantastic pair. So yeah, I agree with you. I would say UC Saros is also underpaid. I was going to say based on his season, you could justify him having like three million dollars per year more. Yes. Yeah. Just he's a critical he's a critical piece. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's understatement of the year. If you, yeah. Yes. Captain All right. Anderson. What do I have for you, Ann? All right. We're going back to the football field. Okay. Let's do it. Your team is in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You're down by four and mm-hmm. you need to go 95 yards in two minutes and 10 seconds in the fourth quarter to win the game. Okay. Which predator are you putting at quarterback? Oh my gosh. Who's who's the clutch guy? Who's the clutch guy? Wow, that's a great question. Um, you know what's funny? Obvious answer for me just across the board is Roman Yossi. I, I think Roman Yossi is he is the go-to guy for the Nashville Predators. Looking back on a couple situations where the Nashville Predators were kind of in that hockey parallel, you know who has come through for them is Mikhail Granlund. Mikhail Granlund has had a couple of like literal last second, 0.3 second, three second left, tie the game to take it to overtime plays. But here's the thing. We are not seeing that from Mikhail Granlund this season. Yeah. And, and that's been a really interesting watch for me. Mikhail Granlin, you and I have talked about, you know, last season, this was somebody who was sort of an under the radar factor. You looked at the season Forsberg and Duchesne had, who was, who was there with them? Mikhail Granlin. He was this yeah. under the, under the radar guy making things happen. We're not seeing that necessarily from him this season. So at this time right now, Roman Yossi is is the go-to. He is the cool under pressure. He is the I know what needs to happen. I execute things well under pressure. For me, Roman Yossi is the go-to guy when it comes to a situation like that for the Predators. I would I would go UC Soros. And the story mm-hmm. is like uh, when Joe Montana – uh, beat the Bengals on what's now known as that drive where he basically went across, you know, all the length of the field in less than two minutes. Yes. The famous story that everybody tells is he was in, he was in the huddle before the drive started. And, you know, this is, this is do or die for the 49ers and John, like uh, Joe Montana walked in the huddle, pointed up to the stands and said, is that John Candy right there? Like basically like (laughs) looking at the crowd, but it was like, the thing was like, Hey, this moment doesn't phase me. I'm having fun. Let's go win a game. I have like, you know, no pressure on me at all. That feels like UC Soros, Mm. like the guy that no matter what happens in a game, he's just going to sit there with his little like derp smile and his little mustache and just like take it all in stride. Nothing is going to phase that man. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I wonder how much of that is, I'm always so fascinated by this, how much of that is just self-confidence mm-hmm. and past experience? Because let's face it, UC Soros is is the man for the Nashville Predators. And I wonder how much of that is just culturally Finnish. Because if you look at the Finnish players, those guys are cool as a cucumber. All because the time. It's cold, in, it's cold in Finland. That's why. <laughs> Uh, we got time for one more, Anne. We got time for one more. All right. Let me reach into this hat and see what, what we're pulling out here. 
oh, okay, this is hockey, strictly straight up hockey and, and well-timed if I do say so myself. All right. So depending on how the Preds do in the next handful of games, there is a chance that David Poyle could go out and sign a few rental depth players. Which of his previous rental players did you like the most and why? Ooh, okay. So these were like strictly rentals. Yeah, or they brought in kind of towards the end of the season and what happened after that, you know. You know who I think is very underappreciated in Predators lore? This is going back a ways. Mike Sillinger in 2006 one of like my favorite like one and done preds of all time yeah uh this was a guy he's he's i think he holds the record right now or some kind of record for like most nhl teams ever played for or most uh most trades involved it's something like that i mean he's played Mm -hmm. for everybody so he came over from i believe it was the st louis blues uh and he's always kind of been just a middle six guy and he slotted into a line uh, with Steve Sullivan and Paul Correa. He wound up being the center on that line. Uh, and he did gangbusters. Like, he had a lot of high scoring. Uh, he was one of the Predators' best players in their uh, uh, Thomas Vokun injury short-induced playoff run. Um, you know, against the San Jose Sharks, who everybody, you know, who's an old school Preds fan knows the Sharks were the bane of the Predators' existence yes. back back in that time period. Uh, you know, and, but he, I remember he was just always kind of, you know, always scoring no matter what, that consistent kind of player. Um, you know, a little bit surprised the Preds wound up not re-signing him. They went out and got Jason Arnett instead. But he was, I think, my favorite, like, Pure rental that didn't uh, stay long term. Yeah. If you're talking like best deadline deal, then Steve Sullivan is probably hands down it for me. Maybe Mike Fisher a close second. But if you're talking about like pure rentals, uh, Mike Sillinger, I think, tops that list. Very interesting. You know who I loved for just, and again, not even remotely statistical reasons, but just fell in love with this player and to this day adore Wayne Simmons. I know a lot of people look at that rental and they're like, what? Seriously? Wayne Simmons or Brian Boyle. Brian Boyle. Brian Boyle. We don't talk enough about that guy. Brian Boyle is a guy that I think like fit in absolutely perfectly for the Predators and actually like did the job uh, that like the Predators like needed him to do. Yes. Oh, I feel, I yeah. I feel like, like Brian yes. Boyle is very underappreciated just because that trade headline in particular was pure chaos for the national yes. Predators. that was the grandland year too so yep. uh yeah that that is definitely that's a, entry a good in one war. but yeah, yeah brian boyle to me like in terms of recent ones that's that's a guy i'd pick too yeah yeah still love wayne simmons though i will tell you i just there was something about him i'm like okay you and i we should hang out yeah uh that's a i love that question that is a great one to end on um yeah and where can people find your work so you can find my work online at insidethepreds.com you can find me on twitter at ann k underscore mama on ice 
You can find me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. Follow my work at onthefourcheck.com. And back on Twitter, you can follow the podcast at LO underscore predators. And also be sure to subscribe however you usually listen to us, whether it's on your favorite podcast platform or on YouTube. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back f- next week with an all new episode. We'll see you then.